0: Another edition here of WeatherWise, uh, the podcast with the meteorologist here at 47ABC WMDT. I am Chief Meteorologist Rich Wurtzik. Again, joined with me this week by uh, meteorologist Jake Grant. After uh, the past week, Jake, uh, we have quickly reverted to average-type weather here on Del Marva, And I think acclimation is the word of the past several days for most people. The lack of acclimation because uh, we were... So used to such a dry and cool June that now that we're going into what's considered to be typical summertime humidity and heat, I think it's made it that much harder for a lot of us to deal with. I know I'm speaking from personal um, experience here because the past couple of days have been tough, but just knowing that, you know, we had to get used to this before we got here and we just kind of went from cool and dry to very hot and humid in a real quick span.
1: Yeah, there wasn't any buildup, really. In June, when I first got here, it was very dry, like you said, very sunny skies, not a lot of storms, very unusual. Usually, you know, you get the afternoon thunderstorm in the summer that we've been seeing now, but it was very dry when I got here. We had all the smoke problems. That was the most weather we were having. Um, But now it's come back with quite a vengeance and kind of, like you said, I think earlier in June kind of got everyone – not used to it there wasn't any buildup and now it just kind of just went right up into the 90s and 100s uh with this feel like temperatures and the dew points um so yeah it's definitely going to be an adjustment now since we had a whole month basically where we weren't feeling that summertime weather and now we kind of skipped the step and it's already just 90s we didn't really have any 80s or upper 70s it was just
0: straight to the 90s straight to the 90s which Close to average are um, typical days that we have the highs and the low 90s. The heat index usually reaches close to 100 with this type of humidity. And now that we're going into the second heat wave of the season, this one expected to be a little worse than this past one that we went through. Uh, We're talking about 90s, mid-90s, average temperatures. We're not going to be breaking any records here for temperatures and for heat index values. But... Um, maybe with the acclimation, going back to that word, this first heat wave has kind of gotten us a little primed for what's coming up here. But I don't think ever it's easy to get used to this. But um, you're taking a look at some numbers here for July. This is typically, obviously, our hottest month.
1: Yeah, it is. And right now, I believe we're running a couple degrees above average. Yeah, because we averaged 88 degrees pretty much throughout the end of July. So really the warmest month on the peninsula on average. But this week, we're looking at, pure value temperatures in the low 90s. And it's looking like uh, Thursday, I think. Yeah, Thursday is going to be the day where we could actually Maybe push triple digits in some spots across the peninsula. It's looking to be the hottest day, but for sure, the feel-like temperatures are going to be running a good 15 degrees above those uh, numbers. And we're going to be running above average with those pure values for probably the foreseeable f- future in the next couple of weeks. It doesn't look like there's any big dynamic patterns changing in the atmosphere. We're kind of locked into the summer mode for now on.
0: And that means thunderstorms that um, are the, the pulse variety, as we like to say, on the radar. If you take a look at the radar, they just kind of bubble up or pop up during the day and don't have much movement to them. There's not much of a steering current. As a result, you get the threat this time of the year for flash flooding. We saw that already with the last couple of thunderstorm events. Um, parts of the peninsula picking up uh, several inches of rain and maybe just an hour or two's time and i know in the salisbury area there were a couple instances of flash flood warnings flood advisories we saw that in central delaware a couple days ago so um, we're looking at that i guess for our chance of storms and at this time of the year it's usually more about getting some relief but with these hot days and you get the very heavy rain that real cool air that comes with the heavy rain rushes out of these storms we get to the time of the year that this is uh, microburst time or downburst straight line winds We typically see the most instances of that with thunderstorms uh, creating wind damage. So I guess that's going to be our biggest threat here going forward if there was with thunderstorms outside of the lightning threat, of course, which is always a concern for beachgoers and uh, now at the hottest part of the year, a lot of people outside. We have a lot of visitors to the peninsula uh, looking ahead. We don't really have much organized, though, um, storm systems or strong cold fronts or upper level systems that are going to bring us widespread storms.
1: Yeah, just the upper air dynamics don't really allow for that kind of stuff this time of year when you have the two high pressures kind of build in, the Bermuda high, which I'm sure people are familiar with, and the continental polar high that kind of sags on down in the summer. But it doesn't allow for those big storms, but we have those pulse varieties, like you said, because we're just heating it up so much, and especially when we get that wind shifting out of the south, which it looks like it's going to shift out. Of the south on thursday which coincides when the dew points are going to rise because you can kind of see it rushing up on the future cast for the dew points on thursday of those dark greens making the return because today and tomorrow actually uh sw- not switching gears but just kind of to give a sense of where we're at we're gonna have dew points in the 50s for today which i was shocked 50s and 60s and for july i and mean we
0: couldn't ask for anything yeah,
1: better <laughs> even though it's 90 it actually i don't think it feels that bad out there i mean no. it is a little bit but Come Thursday, it is going to feel uh, much more unsettled and very hot, very humid. But when you get that feel, you know that we're going to get those pulse varieties. And then overnight, we will have the fog because, like you have mentioned a lot, the the ground is just so wet and saturated. You have the fog at night, really thick fog early in the morning that I deal with. a little bit more than you just because I'm up in the morning. That's right. M- You're coming in I'm, in the middle I'm coming night. in and I'm looking at the visibility. <laughs> well, so I don't I mean, know. When I leave here late a sometimes, miles. I already see It's already, it yeah, to go, it already you know? sets in. <laughs> no, yeah, it already sets in. But uh, yeah, especially in the morning, we'll see like a couple of the sky cams. You can barely see with all that. And then it's just is showing you how much moisture is out there and it kind of has to go somewhere, and then you heat it up during the day, you get enough energy, then sure enough, afternoon, right after we hit our peak temperature, usually, is when the uh, atmosphere breaks its cap and kind of just starts to downpour lightning, you know, hail, straight-line wind, and when we get those bursts of energy, it can have those downburst effects or straight-line winds. Those are really the main concerns this time of year. Um, Obviously, we can't rule out tornadoes but it's really the hail and the straight line winds that can cause a lot of damage.
0: And there's never a good time. Um, I guess maybe during the quieter times of the year it could be but for a radar not to be in operation and but thankfully though going forward we're not looking at uh, anything tornadic, at least the threat for those type of storms. but it's worth mentioning that and I bring this up the National Weather Service radar site that we use that uh, are right there on the Kent County, sussex county line in delaware that radar is down for maintenance it's necessary um it's just something that the weather service has to do it's outlived its original life or at least its uh, current life the way it was maintained before there are parts on it like a car that have to be replaced and i say this for weather enthusiasts out there too i know a lot of you use uh, some of the apps to check out the storms when they pop up on your radar and noting that kdox that uh, national weather service radar site will be down for up to two weeks. And as we're recording this on a Tuesday, I believe the maintenance started here at the beginning of the week. So um, it's going to be a bit before it's back up. They have to replace the pedestal and I think some other parts. And keeping in mind that that radar is immense in size. They have to take the Ray Dome off, that little soccer ball looking thing that protects the radar equipment. They have to bring in a crane to do that and heavy equipment just to move the pieces apart and then put them back on. And You know, you go through the whole step process there. That takes a long time. It's dangerous work for those who are going to be there doing it. Um, But, I said, it outlived its life. Um, That's good news. It was uh, very well maintained, and this is going to allow the radar to perform at an optimal level here for the next 20 years. So it has to be done. Worth noting that those of you who are enthusiasts that look at the radars, this is what we do and what you and I will be doing, Jake, obviously going forward here. So we're going to have to dial into either the National Weather Service radar in Sterling, Virginia, or Wakefield, Virginia, near the uh, National Weather Service office in Wakefield, Virginia, to uh, look at radar azimuths or radar beams that scan our area here in Delmarva. It's not the ideal setup, but uh, with the lack or worry of broad, you know, widespread severe weather event as far as tornadic-type activity or tropical activity where we would need that scan near the ground, to see that low level rotation um, this is probably coming at a decent time for us having to switch over the radar so wanted to point that out there for our weather enthusiasts and of course uh, if you see us on TV we're going to be using the these radar beams that are a little further away but uh, we'll still be able to track the storms as they do pop up especially the pulse variety ones so that won't be a problem as far as keeping an eye on severe weather but kind of switching gears here we're in the hottest time of the year we talk about car safety just a few things to remind people here. Uh, I know protecting pets and children, um, it goes without saying, obviously, not to leave uh, you know, a child or a, a pet in a hot car, but it's worth reminding people why it's so dangerous in such a quick period of time. Most of the heating in a car, uh, when you, you know, shut the door, even with the windows cracked, um, 80% of that temperature increase happens in the first several minutes, first few minutes. So, you know, you're talking about an air temperature outside 80 degrees, 85, not that hot. But that uh, air temperature in the car can climb well above 100 in just a few minutes time. And you can keep an eye, you can imagine um, if, you know, the temperatures are in the 90s and you're 100 outside, how quickly that temperature can rise in the car. Within an hour, you could look at an average of a 40 degree difference. So if it's 85 degrees, the temperature in the car within an hour is going to be at 125. You know, if the temperature outside is 90, you're looking at 130 um within um an hour so it's it's you know uh, something to remember especially uh, this time of the year we got a lot of errands going on and uh the small children and of course the dogs uh the pets have to remind that even cracking the window not a good idea at this time of the year with the high heat and uh uv index you know we talk about the beach forecast and the marine forecast every day here on the tv side jake but uh People have to remember that, um, and it's something I stress every year, that the temperature and the UV index do not correlate. Um, We had this nice drop in humidity, but it came with sunny, direct sunny blue skies, and the UV index actually being higher in a case like that.
1: Yeah, and that's a good point about just because it's warm out doesn't coincide with it because we can have high UV indexes during the winter as well. We've had very high... Uh, Indexes a lot in the winter because you get that direct sunlight. Even though it's shorter amount of time, it's not out as long, so it isn't as big a deal in that sense. But you still can have the quick burn times uh, like we'll be seeing this week. Um, We're pretty much stuck in the uh, very high 9-10 range. That's the very high, and then the 7-8 high I would say, and then 5-6 is the moderate or medium size. But basically, in the summer when we're at this angle sunwise we're getting very high every day. It's 15 hours of sunlight every day. Sunrise is 5:40-ish in the morning now, we're losing 2 minutes a day for, of sunlight and it's out until 8:30 at night. So, good 15 hours of that direct sunlight, especially these next couple days here that we'll be having before we have the pop-up storms like we mentioned earlier. There's very little cloud cover cuz the low pressure systems lifted up, high strong high pressures build in. It's just that straight direct sunlight. For 15 hours a day, if you're even out for like 20, 30 minutes, you can get burned very quickly. I've you know, I've seen some of your graphics where you have the uh, quick burn time or the burn times yep. on there, um, indicating that even just 20, 30 minutes out there without proper protection, you can get burned, and it's even quicker when you're in a water source too because of that reflection right off the water.
0: Uh, that's a good point to remember too. You talked about the reflection off the water, off the sand. Um, so you get that sunlight, uh, a lot of that, uh, the UV and the, just the heat in general, you know, just being out there, all that's being reflected back at you when you're outside at the beach or at a water source, like at the lake or the pool. So, uh, important to remember that when we talk about the UV index too, that's during peak heating or peak sunlight time, I should say, not peak heating, but peak direct sunlight between 10 AM and 2 PM, that, uh, general time frame there. So when we say UV index of 10, that's during those times. But even when the uv index goes down through the later part of the day it's important to remember that burn times can start happening with the uv index as low as three so uh, yeah it takes a little longer to burn but the idea is you're still being exposed to those uv rays and the suggestion is you stay out of the sun between 10 a.m and 2 p.m and wait for the uv index the peak number that we tell you in the forecast each day to come down but remembering that you need the protection with the uv index as low as three it's suggested Um, so uh, like Jake was saying, we have you know so much daylight now this time of the year. So even when you're not in the peak sun angle, you're still exposed there into the later part of the afternoon. So something to remember if you're headed out to the beach and the lake. We get these nice days where we get the drop in humidity, but it's really sunny. and makes for great days to be outside, knowing that uh, that also makes for some dangerous times if uh, you don't stay protected from the sun. So some good advice there and. Uh, I think that wraps us up here for this week. You know, we talked all things July here, Jake, right? Getting set for some storms. And I'll leave it on this note, too. We're getting set for the Delaware State Fair. And that happens, obviously, at the end of the month uh, or the last several days of the month. And typically can be some of the hottest times of the year, but always a good time up in Harrington. But important to remember here with the UV index safety and the car safety um, about the dangers of the heat as we go forward.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be one of the main stories as we finish out July. It's looking like where we're going to be having the 90s pretty much staying around. And even when we do get maybe a weak cold front or something that moves through, the cold front is only going to cool us down to the mid-80s at most. And we'll be right back in the 90s probably a day or two later. So call it a cold front, if you will, but not much relief behind it. I'd be shocked. Like I saw your graphic last night about the 70s. If we're going below 70 anytime in the next seven to 14 days going up to the fair just because it's going to be so warm and with that uh heat we got to be mindful it the feel like temperature for us is going to cook our bodies and make us a bit more susceptible to the heat effects because we're feeling that temperature on our bodies of 10 12 degrees higher especially working into this week where we're going to be seeing very high uv index with the humidity working its way in the high sun angle it's all kind of a combination of factors really upping the feel for the temperatures and can cause the heat exhaustion a little bit faster especially at the fair when you're outside for an extended lots of, of time lots
0: of concrete lots of blacktop yeah. um refracting again the heat and the sunlight back at you so important to remember uh, those safety tips i mean easy to say hey remember drink a lot of water but it it's it's it, it's critical that you remember to drink a lot of water. I know at the fair they have some cooling areas there you can go into. They've got uh, areas where you can get uh, some water at uh, uh, moments' notice. I know from when we're up there broadcasting every year, we try to reiterate that to people. So keep that in mind if you're going to be out at the fair. Uh, places to go with that, of course, staying safe um, anywhere that you're going to be. That the water intake is critical. Start that early in the day on those days that you know you're going to be outside for a little bit. But we're going to leave it at that point, wrap things up, and, uh, of course, be back with you again next week with a roundup of what's been happening here in Del Marva and any of the national and world weather headlines that uh, sometimes that we uh, delve into as well. We'll keep an eye on that and uh, keep you updated. And We always appreciate the download of the stream here for our podcast, WeatherWise, and uh, we hope to hear from you. You can always send us a note at weather at 47 abccom um, and we'd love to hear from you, myself and Jake on social media too. All right, for another edition of WeatherWise, we'll talk to you again next week. I'm Chief Meteorologist Rich Wordzik with Meteorologist Jake Grant. This is WeatherWise, the podcast of the meteorologists at 47 ABC WMDT.